0: Welcome to another edition of the Dean Legge Show here. It's the Thursday before Georgia and Tennessee meet. This is usually one of the bigger games on the schedule for the dogs. Um, You know, this edition, it seems like Tennessee is just another team in the way of Georgia on the way to, uh, at this point, Jacksonville and Auburn, uh, and perhaps the uh, SEC Championship game and beyond. We'll see uh, this uh, game open uh, with Georgia being favored by uh, 22 points, which is huge. And it has moved up to, you know, wiggling between 24 and a half and 25. That's the largest line uh, for any team besides last year's Alabama team to be favored in Knoxville. Now, Neyland Stadium is a very difficult place to play. I've talked about that a lot this week. I'm not sure you can really. Uh, totally understand it unless you're on the ground, on the field, uh, because of the um, the ambient noise that comes from the speaker system that's at Neyland, as well as just you know a hundred thousand people, which is a legitimately huge amount of people at any stadium. There's there's not that many stadiums like that. Now there's a there's a couple in the SEC. If you think Georgia's loud, you should go to Neyland. Um, Neyland is extremely loud and tough to play in. This will be Georgia's first true road game, uh, since playing. Um, I'm trying to even think, uh, probably at Kentucky last year. Is that about right? You know, with tech, that was 50, 50 Vanderbilt was 50, 50, the bowl game, the SEC championship, those were both, uh, evenly split. Or Georgia had maybe a few more people. So this will be a challenge for the Georgia offense. How many Tennessee people show up is a good question because Neyland Stadium with 30,000 Georgia fans or 25 or 20,000 Georgia fans and only 70,000 Tennessee or 60,000 Tennessee fans, that's not going to be the same Neyland that I've grown accustomed to, to covering Georgia. At. By the way, you know, I've covered Georgia at Neyland since 2003, I was not there in 2001, so I've seen Neyland over the years, that's 15 or 16 years, probably I, I, you know, eight times, this will be the eighth time or so that I've been to Neyland covering a game. Georgia's more than held their own at Neyland in that time, but it doesn't make it any less difficult to play there, the loudest pop of noise that I've ever heard at Neyland was when DJ Shockley threw what was almost a pick six and wound up being a Tennessee score play later in two thousand five. But Georgia came back and after they weren't they were still winning, but they they, you know, after that play kept doing what they wanted to do in that game and eventually won it on the way to the SEC championship. The Dogs have never won the Southeastern Conference East Division without first beating Tennessee. So the game is huge. Georgia's a massive favorite. Tennessee really doesn't have what is needed to be in Georgia's stratosphere right now, but I'll say this: in, in all the time that Nick Saban has been at Alabama, and that's you know that's the same basic thing that Georgia's got. You know, I don't. You can you want to at me? That's fine. But right now we're year three here of of something similar to what Alabama's got has had well over a decade. I only say that to say this: in that time that Nick Saban has been the coach at Alabama. There's only been two games that have been single digit wins for the tide. The bulk of the games have been 30 point or more victories. Um, and, and I expect this to be a lopsided Georgia win, but you know you have to go play the game. The money line for this game, if you put $100 dollars down, you're going get paid uh, uh, excuse me, you're gonna have to put down, You have to risk $2,500 to get $100 back for betting on Georgia. Let's listen to Kirby talk about playing in Neyland. It's a place he knows well from his time playing playing twice there in his four years at Georgia, and all his time at Alabama, and uh, including the 2005 Georgia game. Uh, That was his first coaching appearance, I believe, uh, at Neyland Stadium.
1: All right, well, we'll uh, start off with Tennessee. We Worked on Tennessee a little bit last week as well as some of our future opponents, but uh, primarily on Tennessee on Thursday. Uh, You know, I think Jeremy's doing a great job with the situation he's in. Um, I certainly know this. They play hard. They play physical. You can turn the tape on in the third and fourth quarter and watch how their kids compete, and they play the game the right way.
0: I would need to go back and be certain. Uh, Kirby was on the staff as a as a uh, not as a full blown assistant coach at at LSU in 2003, but you get the point. Um, uh, Kirby talking about the Vols and what Jeremy Pruitt has has been doing up there. It's c- kind of been a rough week for the Vols. Needless to say, uh, you know they're coming off a bye week, losing to the Gators without even scoring a touchdown. A, a lopsided, ugly football game. I mean, that game was just not good on either side Florida Florida's undefeated but they have a major challenge this week in Auburn we'll talk about the Gators tomorrow in the pregame show but for Jeremy um, he really thinks this is a good Georgia team and, and you know I, I don't think he's just blowing smoke and he's got a point he says this is as good as he's seen Georgia this early let's listen to what uh, Jeremy Pruitt had to say earlier this week about the Georgia Bulldogs
1: you know when you look at Georgia um Probably the the best Georgia team that I can ever remember at this point in time in the season. Uh, Very complete on both sides of the ball in in the kicking game. You know, you start offensively, it starts with Jake Fromm. To me, he does as good a job as anybody in the country and maybe as anybody as I've ever coached against as far as keeping uh, their offense in positive situations. He takes care of the football, gets the ball out of his hand.
0: A couple of more interesting things about this uh, Tennessee Georgia thing since Kirby's gotten to Athens obviously two and one against the balls at miracle play by really by Jacob Eason and then by Josh Dobbs. more of a miracle by Josh Dobbs, I would argue. but uh, since then Georgia's really outplayed Tennessee dramatically. Uh, and, and one interesting thing you know the last time Georgia was in Na- Georgia was in, Na- in uh, Knoxville. Uh, Jake Fromm scored two rushing touchdowns. Uh, He only has three career rushing touchdowns, so he did the most with his legs that day that he really has in all of his time at Georgia. Uh, He looked extremely athletic. He's a lot more, I think he's more athletic than maybe people give him credit for. But uh, Jake, with two big touchdowns and a 41-0 win, one of the most lopsided wins in the series with Georgia and Tennessee. The other thing, and this is important, is that the Vols have only ha, have not yet gained more than 210 yards against Georgia these last two uh these last two games. I say not yet, obviously the games have concluded, but I don't know if they'll get more than 210 this this week at all. They did upgrade with uh, getting Jim Chaney to be the offensive coordinator up there. I don't think there's any question they upgraded what they had, but they are in serious trouble in terms of they're just not scoring points. The quarterback situation appears to be teetering to, towards a mess, if not a mess, right now for the Vols. Uh, you know, you had the arrest uh, phone call come out this week from one of Jeremy Pruitt's players at Tennessee, and Pruitt was questioning whether the police had to arrest a player who had a warrant out for his arrest, which is kind of hard to um As a person who's dealt in in that world a little bit, it's kind of hard to believe that you wouldn't know that a warrant means you are going to get arrested. I mean, it's a warrant for an arrest. So uh, that was not a good look. And then you have Georgia coming in this week. Uh, So a challenging week for the balls to be sure. One other thing that they'll have to deal with is the emergence of Tay Crowder at Georgia. He's become a player that flashes a lot for the dogs. And you're seeing this more and more in Georgia's programs. Guys like Jawan Taylor last year, now Tay Crowder, guys who weren't overly, you know, heavily, were not heavily recruited at their particular position. I mean, Tay Crowder came in as a running back athlete, and now you're seeing him run all over the field. He has become a major contributor for Georgia. I think it shows to me, in my view, that he is a program guy. What I mean by that is not that he's buying in exclusively, that's not one thing he's done, but the program has, because he's bought in, allowed him to shine. And players like that, when N'Kobe Dean, who is really good, is a backup linebacker, that tells you what this program is doing. You see guys like Justin Young who, if you'd given up on Justin Young, I don't think anybody would hate you for it. But he's in there on huge plays for Georgia last week against Notre Dame, nearly picking off what was close to a sideways, uh, it was close to a lateral two weeks ago against Notre Dame and past the off week for the Dogs. Justin Young was in there. So you see, there's no waste at Georgia. There's no fat on the bone. They are using every part of the co- uh, of the, the uh the body that they can. They've got 85 guys, It's not they're not 85 on scholarship who signed day of, but I can assure you, they're using every single thing that they can. One of the people that they're using a lot is Tay Crowder. Here's what Kirby had to say about Tay Crowder.
1: Tay is taking ownership in his job, and he's become much better at being able to adapt and change to what happens within a game, within a play, something checks, something changes, so many formations you get from offenses nowadays, and so much complicated scheme stuff that he's able to help get us right besides Monty being the only guy that can do that. So he has grown at that. I think the fact that he's gotten better at that allows him to make some plays. But to to all those those questions about, I, I don't know, I don't think he would be concerned with all those things right now. He's trying to play his best football for his teammates so that we can be successful on defense.
0: So a huge game. Uh, it's hard to say, it really is hard. Y'all know I'm straight to the point. It's hard for me to say that when Georgia is a 24 point favorite over a team i mean they weren't that big a favorite at at vanderbilt i don't think and i had no confusion who was going to win that game i don't know how long it's going to take for tennessee to get their act together i talked with someone up there who's a little bit tied in uh to the tennessee situation and uh, their point was if you fire him that's the 12th coach in, in six years or something like i mean or the the sixth coach in 12 years excuse me the merry-go-round has got to stop. I'm not sure if Jeremy Pruitt is the answer. Actually, I don't think he is necessarily. But that's not going to help them on Saturday. They've got what they've got, and Tennessee will have to figure out how to upset Georgia. I don't buy it. I don't think you do either. Dean Leggys show for Thursday Night on Dog Post, DAWGPOST.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you over on the website.